Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo and I'm joined today by Todd Payton and Rick Hackman. We're all from Stewardship and Mission of Faith. How are you guys doing? Good, Rob. How are you? I'm doing good. Good to have uh, all of our listeners with us. For those of you who are listening for the first time, Reflections from the Heart is a weekly program where we break open the gospel for the Mass for the coming Sunday. And we actually read the gospel, Todd, that we're going to hear on Sunday a few days before. Ahead of time. Ahead of time and reflect on it. So we're going to do some reflecting today uh, on Matthew 16, 13 to 20. Matthew 16, 13 to 20. So let's uh, let's open with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your love. Thank you for the gift of your word that you didn't leave us um, to our own you, you have this, this beautiful plan for us that's outlined here in your word. And as we break open the word in preparation for Mass on Sunday, uh, we just ask you to, to give us, um, you know, just give us the, the, the courage and the confidence to be completely docile to the Spirit. Lord, just uh, send your Holy Spirit upon us in this conversation. Send the Holy Spirit, please, in the cars and the homes uh, and the businesses and schools of all those listening. And Holy Spirit, just fill our hearts with your love so that every single person that we encounter will be loved by, by God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Todd, before we break open the gospel, you know, we are at uh, school starting time. Uh, so there's a lot, of, a lot of busyness, a lot of back-to-school shopping, a lot of kids, you know, Losing like, their peace. Losing their peace and uh, you know, rushing uh, to get through the summer reading in this last, uh, last couple of weeks. Parents trying to get their kids to finish their summer reading. And, uh, and we could lose our peace. And there's a beautiful prayer in our stewardship, uh, stewardship or prayer, prayer book that's available from us uh, free of charge that you can order and, uh, and order some for your friends. And there's a prayer in there called the Prayer for a Peaceful Spirit. So why don't you pray that for us, Todd? Okay, it'd be my pleasure. Please, Lord, slow me down, ease my pounding heart, quiet my racing mind, steady my hurried steps. Amidst the confusion of my days, grant me the calmness of your peace. Help me to know the truly restoring gift of sleep. Teach me the art of taking time off, to slow down, to see the beauty in your creation, to chat with a friend, to read a few lines from a good book. Remind me each day that there is more to life than increasing its speed. It is living each moment with you and for you. Let me look upwards into the branches of a towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Please, Lord, slow me down. Teach me to be gentle and humble of heart. Fearing nothing of this world as you are my Lord. Grant me rest for my soul now and eternally with you. Amen. 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 I think oh. we, we, we pray that prayer 
more than once throughout the year. Yes. So hopefully uh, this will be a good start for the fall. Absolutely. And, and Todd, as you were as you're praying that, as we were praying that, I was uh, just thinking of, of an experience I had just a week or two ago. We were helping out at a, at a camp, as a, a theater camp, where two weeks uh, where kids come and they're uh, four years old up through probably eighth grade, and then some uh, some helpers. And, and throughout the camp, we would take the kids into adoration. And this one time, I don't know, this, I guess the Holy Spirit just put, put this on my heart, to take them outside first. And we went outside. It was a group of younger kids, you know, probably like third, fourth grade. And we went outside, and I said, uh, all right, close your eyes, and now turn towards the sun. Just turn towards the sun until you feel that heat on your face, that warmth on your face. But don't open your eyes. You don't want to look at the sun with open eyes. But just turn. And then once you feel that you, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're facing the sun with your eyes closed, just, just keep those eyes closed and just feel the warmth. Feel the warmth. Feel the heat. Just feel it. And then we just you know, did that in silence. And I said, all right, turn around, open your eyes. And now with those eyes open, look around. Just look around. Let's, let's do this in silence. Just look. Look at everything that you see. And then we did that for a little bit, and then we went up to the chapel. And Jesus was there in adoration. He was there in, in the monstrance waiting for us. And the monstrance looks like a sun, right? And I said, what did you feel when you, when you looked at the sun with your eyes closed? I felt the warmth. I felt heat. Right? And what, what would happen if we went out, and it was a cloudy day, and we stayed, and we did that for, for three hours, and we didn't feel the sun? But the sun was behind the clouds, and we're looking up at the sky for three hours. What would happen? Well, you get a sunburn. What would happen if there was sun out, but it was a cool breeze? And we did that for, you know, we didn't feel at all. We didn't feel heat at all. And we did that for three hours. Sunburn. Yeah. But right now we're here in the, in, with the sun, S-O-N. And he promises that if we come to him and we spend time with him, even if we don't feel it, like we felt the warmth of the S-U-N on our face, even if we don't feel anything, he's pouring his love and his mercy and his forgiveness and his peace and his joy. He's pouring all that into our hearts, whether we feel it or not. Mm. We just need to, to make the decision to show up like we're doing now. It was, it was awesome. Then, and then like, a part about, part about looking, I said, what did you see? What did you see when we just looked around? And what can you thank God for that you might not have ever thanked him for? Grass, the trees, the cars. You know, it's pretty cool that we have cars. There's a cemetery across the street. Someone mentioned the cemetery. So, it was really neat, and as you're praying this, you know, taking about taking time off and you know, looking upwards into a towering oak, right? You know, how often do we truly pause to let to feel the sun on our face, to look around, and and, and just just be in awe of the fact that we can see, just the miracle of just our eyesight. Um, so it really brought me back to that special time. Oh, and it's and it's a way of of reminding ourselves, or God helping to remind us that there is so much beauty in the simple things. Mm. And there is so much that we can be grateful for, even though we focus on all the things that we're missing or yeah. that we don't have or that uh, somehow we're in, a, we're in a bad situation or a bad spot, and, man, how do we get out of this or whatever it might be. Um, it, it's, it's so wonderful to be able to pause and say, I'm so glad I put both feet on the floor today. I'm so glad I felt the warmth of the sun today. Um, and through that, Hopefully, especially in our extra busy world, you know, we have all these time-saving devices that people didn't have 100 years ago, right? You think about how people will go out and cut wood to get heat to burn to make something for dinner or, or how you would wash clothes back 100 years ago or just how you would manage from day to day. And you went to bed that night feeling like, hey, I accomplished some things that 
kept us warm and kept us fed today, right? So in the world we live in today, where there's so many more time-saving devices, and yet we claim that we have less time to do anything that we want to do. And so what is this kind of rabbit trail that we go down as, as, a, as a humanity all the time? We're busier, busier, all more and more. And, and there's more people that are, that are more dissatisfied than ever before, that suffer more from depression. We were talking about you know, the way people get caught up and consider things like taking their own lives and all these things that are more prevalent now than ever in a, in a world where we have more things. And so this idea that we can unplug, pull away, restore our peaceful spirit with the help of God, uh, I think is more critical than ever. So. And, and by doing that, Todd, we'll be able to answer this question that, that Jesus poses to his disciples that we're going to read about. And mm. uh, it's only in, in that quiet time that we can truly unpack the answer to this question. So, Rick, with that, can you proclaim the gospel for us? I'd be glad to do that. The reading for, for today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, You are Peter, And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks, Rick. What jumped out at you, Todd? You know, uh, this is a passage that maybe some of us have heard many times before. If, if someone in the audience might be new to either this particular program or just new to the faith or curious from another faith or new to the Catholic Church, you know, this, there's, there's so many profound things here uh, in terms of what it means to be a Christian and the story of how Jesus uh, dealt with the apostles and what he shared with them. And there's also some wonderfully profound things here specifically pertaining to the Catholic Church, this this idea that there was an original historical Christian faith that started when Jesus was here and when he left the upper room and went out, you know, the, the, the story of how the church unfolded in history and that there's been a line, a historical line going back to the apostles that's in existence today for over 2,000 years. And so in my mind... I go to both places, you know, what, what are some of the general Christian truths that come from a reading like this, and then what are some of the specific things that point to our Catholic faith that are so profound and things I never heard of when I was growing up, for sure. Um, you know, uh, many Catholics, and certainly the Catechism, will point to, you know, Jesus singling out Peter here and in many other places in the Bible, New Testament, where he does have a specific or special role Um both in good times and in bad, right? And and here it's amazing that that we see how how flesh and blood did not reveal this to Peter, 
but it was the Heavenly Father that revealed this truth, how, you know, Jesus, you are the Son of God. And, and, and it's portrayed as this, uh, you know, Simon Peter just says this so matter-of-factly. You know, he, he's so open in all of his emotions and the way he says things, whether they're good things or bad things, right? It was just so honest. And, and it was revealed to him by his Heavenly Father. Now, we know later on in, in the Gospel stories how, Jesus, how Peter denied Jesus three times and then how Jesus restored him, right, and, and brought him back to completeness and, and, and full reconciliation with Jesus. But uh, this is what many people in our faith, and certainly the Catechism points to one of the references as to Peter being our first pope and the first father of the faith, and if you read the early church fathers, how there was so much primacy to the seat in Rome, you know, that, that Peter occupied, and how the Christian church actually came out of Rome, which was the most hedonistic, paganistic, materialistic uh, culture probably to ever be on the face of the earth. And it was out of that culture that, that the Church of Christ and Christianity came from. It's just incredible as you think about these things. So I'm giving you a long-winded answer here, but that, those are some of my initial thoughts. Thanks, Todd. When you're talking about Peter and, and the seat, reminds me of a movie called Joshua. It's uh, about this guy that moves into town and uh, happens to be a, like a carpenter slash woodworker and works with his hands, and, and just how his love transformed the town and the relationships. And it you know, kind of takes you through the movie, and, uh, and he's on this journey, and he's having his farewell from this town, and when he leaves... Everybody that he, that he touched specifically in, in, a, in a profound way, they're all left behind, and they count that there's 12. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves, and they, and they kind of have like that aha moment, like, whoa, this is Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, and he ends up in Rome in front of the Pope, and the Pope's talking to him, and then he looks at the Pope, and he calls him Peter. He said, Peter, don't you recognize me? So he didn't name, he didn't call him whatever name he was. Right, Pope right. He said, "Peter, don't you recognize me?" And then whoever played the Pope, you know, tears are rolling down his eyes, and he says, "Oh Lord, it's there's so much, so much going on. You know, what do I do? What do I do?" And he said, "Peter, just remind them, remind them how much I love them, remind them how much I love them." And it's just such a touching moment where he calls the Pope Peter, and and every Pope since Peter occupies the seat of Peter. You know, they don't change the name. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's that, it's that seat. And, uh, and from that seat, they are divinely, you know, protected as, as Peter was that flesh and blood didn't give him the answer, you know, came from, came from mm-hmm. the heavenly father. So it's just beautiful how God loves us so much that he knows left to our own devices. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll scatter. So he, he establishes this beautiful authority, right? And, uh, and, and it's within this authority that we can run free that when we try to, break down the walls and take down the fences, um, you know, we got ourselves in trouble. But within the authority, you know, if we practice that virtue of obedience within the authority of the church and truly dig into the why behind some of the teachings, then we get to run free. We get to run free. We want to figure it out. You know, we just, we just yield to that authority, knowing that it's from, from our Lord and, uh, and just live in that freedom. There's that freedom of security. You know, there's that freedom of worry, of anxiety where you're in this safe pasture all the time. You know, um, not that that makes us mindless robots, not that it makes us people who can't think for themselves or somehow just a herd of sheep, although there's references in the Bible where that can be good too, right? Because we're, we're, if you're in the right flock, right? Uh, but there's this sense of 
safety and knowing that by being obedient to this particular, uh, not only part of our faith, but being obedient to God the Father, you know that nothing but your best interest will always be uh, what's happening and, and what will be unfolding, and that you don't have to worry about that. Uh, when we tend to go off on our own, in our day and age here, especially in the United States and America, where authority is such a is such a thorny issue, uh, when we look at our politicians, and there's so much you can talk about there, but the idea of being obedient to an authority outside of yourself is, is such a, a foreign topic to so many people. Um, and of course, you know, looking at the history of the popes, many people would say, well, my gosh, you've had so much corruption mm-hmm. going down through the history in that seat of Peter. And even taking just a beginning look as, as just a basic historical look uh, to, to what the seat of Peter is and the people who occupied it, even those popes that would be pointed out to be the most corrupt, uh, the most flawed in their humanness, you know, church teaching and church doctrine was always protected. None of those corrupt popes ever put out a teaching or a change in doctrine that fundamentally changed what was originally taught or what's changed today, or what was taught today. There have been additions. There have been other things that popes have said that have maybe added to or, or updated things here and there, but the core faith has been preserved so that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, if you look at all of the problems and things that have happened to the Catholic Church since the beginning, 2,000 years ago, it is a miracle that the institution is still even here. Any other man-made institution would never have survived all the corruption and attacks from both within and from without the church. Never would have survived this. It's, and most honest historians would probably tell you that. Um, the other thing, too, Rob, when I look at this, I, I see... In addition to that, you know, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, which is a tremendous reference to the Old Testament, how the prime ministers, there was a passing on of the keys, you know, so there's some great Old Testament symbols around that. Um, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And this idea that that, uh, heaven will honor some of the things that are done in the name of God, uh, if it's done the right way and in the right authority, and this connection between heaven and earth through this particular way that he's talking about, it's just, it's, to me, staggering. And um, it occurred to me that it, it was this early church uh, was the, the, the field and the garden upon which the, the very existence of the Bible even came to be. You know, that it was through the early church fathers and, and those acting in Rome in the late 390s that the final canon of what we know today as a Bible came to be. And so to even enjoy and reflect on the Word of God that we're doing today was an act of the authority of the church. Wow. And er, er, earlier this week, we celebrated the Feast of St. Bernard of Clairvaux. And the priest in his homily said that, that, uh, that, that this great saint said that there will always be corruption in the church and reform. There will always always be corruption and reform. That that there's corruption, there's reform. There's corruption, there's reform. That you know, we're never we're never going to break away from that. It's a passion that we're yeah. living, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so it's it's interesting that you shared that, and it's just amazing. Two thousand years, you know, the United States is to get you know been here for a couple hundred. The greatest civilizations, what a thousand years, fifteen hundred years, right? Two thousand years, and it's still here. 
And I don't know anybody in the listening audience if they if they were raised as a cradle Catholic and and maybe if their experience was like mine or yours, where we just weren't aware of a lot of this when we were growing up, and that may have been teachers and people who were forming us try to do a good job, and we just were goofing off and not paying attention, or we were in a situation where maybe the people that were in charge of that weren't doing a great job. You know, I think you hear the whole spectrum of different stories about that. But the bottom line was when I came into my 20s, I had no clue, yeah. you know, whether it's through my own fault or somebody else's, obviously, and probably a mix of both. Um, and it took me a very deliberate amount of time and effort to come to these realizations as an adult to embrace my faith this way. And, and, and once I went through it, I'm thinking, man, why didn't I know this sooner? You know, why didn't anybody tell me this? Or maybe they tried to and wasn't paying attention. But what a difference it could have made that the idea that there is an actual physical touchable church that Jesus actually intended to start historically speaking uh, and spiritually that goes back to him with the apostles. I find awesome. And uh, there's so much talk of going back to the founding fathers of our country. And you want to know what the framers of the constitution meant and what their intent was and what they, what their dreams were and their goals for what this constitution should look like here. We should take that same mentality and go back to the early church and the founding fathers. And if you read them, you'll know exactly what the intent was for the early Christian church and, and what remnants of that we still have that are good and where we may have lost our way. And they, they didn't just run off a bunch of copies of the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and, and hand it out to, to every person and say, here you go. That's right. Have, have at it. You know, there was a, a governing body, That's an right. authority, That's right. um, an interpretive body. Uh, it's just like the church, right? So sure. you know, we uh, we're, we're blessed to have that uh, to have that in the church. Uh, so what a what a blessing to be able to reflect on that here mm. today. Uh, there's a gentleman that's that's helping a friend, born and raised Catholic, went through Catholic grade school, high school, college, still engaged in mass, and his girlfriend finally challenged him to live chastity. And the friend of mine that's that's counseling this guy, he's like. I never knew that this is that this existed. That, that people actually do this. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing it because my girlfriend wants to. But like, does this really happen? Like, do people like do this? What? It's like, you know, I'd, I'd rather go through waterboarding than than. Right, right, right. So we put together this rescue kit, this, you know, the chastity rescue kit for him you know, with different CDs oh, and yeah, books okay, and, yeah. and stuff to to see and hear the beautiful teaching of the why from people that have gone through it, that lived through it. There's a, a CD that we have of a woman who was a cantor in her, in her church and, you know, on fire for the Lord. And when the teaching of sex and marriage came across her, her path and she had to make a decision, it, she revealed and, and told of her struggle accepting that teaching. Is this of you, God, or is this just man-made? Is this, is this yeah. truly of you? And she walks through how the Lord took her into Scripture and just kept unveiling, unveiling, unveiling the truth and the beauty, truth and beauty. Uh, so it's a, it's, wow. it's a beautiful, beautiful story. So here we have people that have been on fire in the church, Catholic school from you know kindergarten through college, not truly knowing that that you know, certain teachings. And yeah. it's only out of love because God knows that if we follow this, that's that's the perfect plan for love, right? Um, if we follow his, his teaching, then then we'll be good. Well, if you don't mind, I'll share a quick witness uh, story about my friend John. Um, who was a great example of obedience to authority, of chastity, of, of being docile to, to what the church is. Uh, married young when he was 19, divorced very shortly after. They had a child together. He committed to a life of chastity. 
uh, spoke at public schools about living a chaste life, raised his son for 22, 23 years. And uh, through that time, he was just an obedient lay person and a father and a businessman and did Bible studies at our church and Eucharistic minister and went and prayed rosaries in front of Planned Parenthoods. And he just lived this great life, an incredible witness, introduced me to adoration for the first time, literally brought me to Jesus. And uh, I was able to share the last seven or eight years of, of his life on his journey. He finally, he, he wore his wedding band for 20 years, thinking just in case his wife uh, changed her mind, right, and, and lived that chaste life. Very recently just got his annulment and uh, yesterday entered St. Charles Seminary to discern and possibly become a priest at the age of 46. Mm, praise and, God. And uh, I just have to tell you, what a witness to obedience and authority and a simple life. And so uh, for anybody out there in the audience who's in a praying mood, if you could offer up my, or my, my friend John as he begins his time in the seminary, that'd be great. And it's just a, a thanks to God for his witness mm. as, a, as a beautiful Catholic man. Wow. And... Uh, we're all called in whatever state of life we're in. We're all called to, to live that, that life of chastity because it's, it's God's plan and God's plan equals happiness. Uh, but, but we first have to, to completely abandon ourselves, right? Total surrender. So let's, uh, let's end with a beautiful prayer called the prayer of abandonment. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart, for I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands, without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Amen. Amen. So if we pray this prayer every day, and we, and we make this act of surrender every day, you know, that's just telling God, God wants to hear our own voice. He wants to hear our own heart. He doesn't, you know, he's not going to ask you, did your parents commit to me? Did your teachers commit to me? He wants to know, are you, are you in? Are you on the team, right? So every day, whether it's this prayer that you can get from our prayer book or just a beautiful prayer from the heart, just totally surrendering to God each and every day, all the moments of the day, just live a life of complete surrender, complete abandonment, then God will know for sure when he sees you face to face that you are his, and then you'll be able to spend eternity with him. God bless you all. Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, 
May God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.